Welcome to Literary Arts, the Archive Project. I'm Andrew Proctor, the Executive Director of Literary Arts. The Archive Project is a retrospective of some of the most engaging talks from the world's best writers from the first 30 years of literary arts in Portland. Throughout our 30th anniversary year, we've been celebrating the readers, writers, students, administrators, donors, and volunteers who've shaped this organization over the past three decades. As the program year draws to a close, it's fitting to look back to the first event of the season, our birthday party on September 8, 2014. The event featured the inaugural Portland Arts and Lecture speaker from 1984, Calvin Trillin, best-selling author Elizabeth Gilbert, musician and writer Colin Malloy, slam poet Bella Trent, and Julie Mancini, who directed the organization for 15 years. Under Mancini, not only did Portland Arts and Lectures grow into the largest literary lecture series in the nation, she also incorporated into Literary Arts the Oregon Book Awards and Fellowships Program, which was formerly the Oregon Institute of Literary Arts, an organization created by Brian Booth. In addition, in 1996, Mancini started our education program, Writers in the Schools. These are the programs that have come to define literary arts, and together they are a legacy Mancini has given to our community. Let's listen now to Mancini talk about the early days of literary arts in front of 2,000 audience members at the Literary Arts 30th Anniversary event at the Arlene Schnitzer Concert Hall. Welcome back, everyone. Um, I'm Julie Mancini. How many people have been coming to this for 30 years? Um, A lot of people in this audience don't know who I am, but for 15 years, it was my honor and my pleasure to introduce some of the greatest writers in the world to Portland. Um, I was talking to a young executive director today, and I said I had to get off the phone because it was the 30th anniversary of... Uh, literary arts, Portland Arts and Lectures, and she said, do you mean to tell me that the organization you ran is 30 years old? And I said, yes. And she said, God, you're old. (laughs) (laughs) Um, For those who know me well, they also know that every time I had to do this for 15 years, I'd get a fever about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, And for 15 years, Every time I had to introduce somebody, I wrote my name on the introduction, um, opening remarks, in case I forgot who I was. It was an honor to work here for 15 years. It was an honor to build this company with my colleagues at Arts and Lectures, and then eventually when we started running um, Oregon Institute for Literary Arts when we merged What you have to know about the people that I worked with is that they did the work and they just made me look good. I want to thank Megan McMorrin. Most of them are in the audience. (laughs) Megan's the sort of person you look at and say, okay, I need you to start a Writers in the Schools program and I never want to talk to you about it again. (laughs) Just tell me how much money you need. Uh, Carrie Hoops, who... Nancy Bragdon, who our joke about, yay, Nancy. Our joke about Nancy Bragdon is she became the Nordstrom of box office people so that um, she would return money to people who needed their tickets returned, even if they were opera tickets. I mean, she would return money to symphony tickets people didn't want. I want to thank Phil Adam, and I want to thank Judy Peterman. Um, this, this part isn't about me, and I know that. I think my husband reminded me that for 15 years. But there are some great stories from the archives that I want to share with you. First of all, I want to thank 
We worked with some of the best board members in America, and I had two incredible board chairs, Bart Everwine and Steve Wynn. And it dawned on me, we knew they were our boss legally, um, but it dawned on me what they, they didn't tell us what to do. They mentored us, they helped us, but they were the best board members, they, they knew the perfect role of a board member, which is to help us get where we wanted to go. And I thank them. Um, I know Bart is out here. Bart also brought Hoffman Construction in probably 45 years ago, and I thank him for that. Um, what we did for the first many years was literally we begged writers to come here. It was hard to remember a time when writers and publishers didn't care about Portland, Oregon. They barely knew where it was. We sent salmon. We sent gifts. We sent <laughs> huge FedEx packages. There was no email then. Um, invitations that arrived in 24 hours, and we thought they could not ignore the packages. But they did. Um, Philip Roth sent back the exact letter we sent him, and across the top he wrote, I don't do this. Um, we didn't take that as a no. Um, we thought, you don't do it now. Um, when he finally agreed to come, he called and he said, okay, I'm coming and I will read. And I said, Mr. Roth, you have to understand something. If you come out on stage and read, they will drive me out of town. And he said, you don't understand. I will have them crying in their seats. His friend John Gregory Dunn said to him, Philip, there's 17 Jews between Seattle and Portland. Who do you think is going to be crying in their seats? <laughs> John Updike sent a stamped postcard. He had a stamp made that said, if I could talk, I'd talk. What I do is I write. Um, he came in 1988. Robertson Davies responded quickly, do you have any idea how old I am? <laughs> when he came three years later, he looked at all of us and said, I want you to remember that perseverance pays off. <laughs> we finally got John, Joan Didion and, John, and her husband, John Gregory Dunn, to come because Calvin Trillin called them and said, okay, go out there, I promise you, stay at the Heathman and eat the salmon hash. So they did. Sometimes it worked best when people didn't really know who they were coming to see. After a few years, they started to trust us. Um, that was the case when we presented Maya Angelou in the 80s, or British author Jonathan Miller from um, M Monty Python, or Jane Smiley before she was a Pulitzer Prize winner. When we presented Doris Kearns Goodwin, there were some who knew her as the biographer of Kennedy, Johnson, and the Roosevelts. She hadn't yet, yet written the Lincoln book. Others knew her as the, only as the baseball commentator on the well-received Ken Burns baseball documentary. When subscribers called to confirm she was coming, they asked, she's the one who spent all the time with the chimps, right? Salman Rushdie came um, during the fatwa, and we needed everyone to call the office and give us their name, and then we had to check 3,000 people's ID at the door. Um, mostly when people called and said, I'm reserving a seat, they said, we really want to come to the Salman Rushdie concert. So...
But the size of any professional network is limited, and eventually word gets around. The literary community smoke, maybe they smoke, but they spoke among themselves. (laughs) They told each other, it's okay, go there. The city is beautiful. The audience is smart. You will be appreciated for your work. And this organization grew mainly because of the city we live in. Portland grew this organization. You came, you supported us, you gave us your money, you bought tickets, and it is now the biggest literary series in the country. Um, I thank all of you for all of your work the last 30 years. To all of you. There's countless stories, I'm wrapping this up, um, that proved that Portland was worth coming to. We saw a letter that Wallace Stegner wrote to his publisher, and he wrote, they made me feel like a rock star. I went to Portland, and they treated me so good. When Polish poet, poet Czeslaw Miłosz came to Portland, he got into a cab in front of the Heathman to go to Powell's, and the cab driver looked at him and said, you're that Polish poet, aren't you? He was stunned. It hadn't happened before. Um, Larry McMurtry decided to come because he wanted to check out Powell's rare rare book room. Roger Angel told Bobby Ann Mason to come and watch the movies at the Heathman. John Fowles came because he wanted to meet Barry Lopez and to locate an orchid that he knew grew only in the gorge. Other people came because they saw the list of people who had already come. When we asked Toni Morrison why she finally, finally came, she said, because you wouldn't stop asking. (laughs) When I say this city made this grow, I'm reminded, Pat Harrington from Bora is in the front row, and I was walking down the street one day, and Pat was at Bora, and he said, hey, would your organization like some free office space? Um, Yeah, Pat, that would be great. And that's how the city welcomed us. There's a well-known venture capitalist and philanthropist in town named Debbie Coleman. And she, at one point, she was being courted by Dell Computer in Austin and by Tektronics in Beaverton. And she was at Powell's Books. Um, she may be very high-tech, but she's an English major from Brown. And she saw a, p- a poster that said Hanif Qureshi was going to be speaking at the Schnitz. So she walked up to the Schnitz. She went to the box office, and she said, I'd like a ticket. And they said, we're sold out. And she said are there like 200 seats in there? And they said, no, there's actually 2,776 seats. And she said to herself, I'm going to move to a city that sells almost 3,000 seats to a Pakistani screenwriter that no one's ever heard of. (laughs) And finally, I really need to thank Andrew Proctor and his staff. I really liked Andrew until I saw the photo they used of me in the uh, video. Um, I love Andrew's vision. I love that he is building this beyond a series and beyond the Oregon Book Awards and the writers in the school and the classes for adults. He is building, he and his staff are building a true literary center. Um, I thank them from the bottom of my heart, and I thank all of you from the bottom of my heart for coming. You've been listening to Literary Arts, The Archive Project. That was Julie Mancini. 
in 2014. Thanks for joining us for the Archive Project. It's a retrospective of some of the most engaging talks from the world's best writers from the first 30 years of literary arts in Portland. And we have lots of other talks at our website. Listen to them all at literary-arts.org. The Archive Project is a literary arts production in collaboration with Oregon Public Broadcasting produced by Spencer Raymond. Thanks for joining us.